<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi there, I'm Lauren McGoodwin, founder and CEO of Career Contessa, and you're listening to season four of The Females, a podcast that deep dives into the world of women, work, and what it takes to build a successful and fulfilling career on your terms. This season, we're exploring the theme of courage, from the traditional definition to the new and unexpected ways that courage shows up in our own lives. Today's interview is with Dr. Robin Burzen, a functional medicine doctor and the founder of Parsley Health. Dr. Robin founded the company in 2015 because she saw a flaw in the American medical system, which primarily focuses on prescriptions and procedures, not preventative care. About 90% of diseases are related to social factors, like your environment and your behavior. At Parsley, Dr. Robin's team of traditionally trained doctors work with members who pay a monthly subscription fee of $150 to understand what's really going on in their lives that might be impacting their health. And as Dr. Robin shares on this episode, your health is all about how you feel, not how you look. So you really need to listen to your body. We'll also cover how Dr. Robin fundraised while nine months pregnant, hormones, sleep, and the physical parsley clinics like the new one that just opened up in Los Angeles and so much more. And now this is The Females. Well, hi, Dr. Robin. Thanks for joining The Females today. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, let's start with you briefly sharing your career path leading up to launching Parsley Health. Yeah. So it's been a crazy ride. If I think way back to like where this all came from, it actually goes back to college. And I never was pre-med. I never thought I'd be a doctor. Shocking. You weren't one of those. I was not one of those. Um, and yet here I am. But I ended up in the middle of college taking a course on cancer and everything from the sociology to the biology to the epidemiology of cancer, like everything about cancer. It was taught by one of the foremost geneticists and researchers in cancer. It is so fascinating. And at the time, my grandmother was dying of colon cancer and smoking cigarettes had been the, the ultimate reason that she developed that condition. Um, and I ended up going on this deep dive of all of the ways that we can prevent cancer and alternative for therapies for cancer and how to rethink cancer. And it was this kind of like weird lightning bulb moment as I delve into scientific research, something I never you know, thought I would be into, that I was really interested in public health. And so that really carried with me and long, long story short, ended up in medical school in New York at Columbia, knew I wanted to do something in public health, primary care, chronic disease, prevention, holistic medicine, wasn't sure exactly what that was got bit by the tech bug along the way, and so co-founded another healthcare tech company. And here we are, all these years later, I, you know, Parsley really came about as I saw 
how powerful this more holistic, proactive, personalized approach to medicine could be. Right. And I had this foundational training in medicine that was so amazing. And I saw this more functional, holistic medicine approach in practice. But then I also has my tech background. And I had a moment where I was like, how the hell do I combine these things? Because they feel really unrelated. Right. And Parsley really brought, for me, brought those things together. And so it's a tech company. It's a healthcare company. It's bringing personalized holistic medicine to the world. We're based in New York. We're national. It's really fun to be here in LA. And as we were just talking about, we're about to open our flagship first built-out custom gorgeous space here in West Hollywood. So. Yeah, your spaces are really pretty. Thank you. So, I mean, especially because people maybe n- have never, you know, heard of Parsley or they've never been to a Parsley, can you kind of describe, I mean, it's a membership and you're obviously paying to get these health benefits, but can you kind of talk about like how it works? So a person pays this monthly membership and what can they expect? Yeah, so we're a monthly membership for modern holistic medicine. So when you join Parsley Health, you get unlimited access to this doctor and health coach team who are there to work with you on everything you have going on. So people come to us to optimize their health and get some of the cool diagnostic testing we do, microbiome, genetics, all that fun stuff. Yeah, I love that. All that cool stuff. But they also come because they're dealing with chronic symptoms that nobody else can figure out. And they also come because they've been diagnosed with a chronic disease and they really want a quarterback for their health more time with their doctor. Yeah. And so the membership really allows us to have this ongoing relationship with you. You get unlimited access 365 days a year. So that's write us if you have a question about how you're going to stick to that eating plan while you're at that wedding this weekend, which I just dealt with this past weekend and <laughs> failed somewhat. Or you need a refill or you woke up with a new symptom. So you have that unlimited access. But then when you do need a visit with your doctor, that visit average visit length is almost an hour. We really get to know you. And our doctors are prescribing not just prescription drugs, we do do that, but we also prescribe nutrition, mental health, sleep, fitness, supplements. And we use this cool in-depth diagnostic testing I was referring to, to really understand the whole picture of you and to help guide you to your ultimate state of health. Right. Well, and there's definitely a lot of people who are more interested in tools that are not prescription medicines, right? So yeah, this is a, but they don't want to like go through the journey on their own. Yeah. And we're really the best of both worlds. You know, we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Modern medicine is incredible. I mean, I'm endlessly grateful for my foundational education at places like Columbia and all of our providers and doctors are trained at top medical institutions. And we do prescribe drugs. We do refer to specialists. We do all of that. But in today's modern world, where 90% of our healthcare costs are due to chronic lifestyle-driven diseases, we are living ourselves sick. And so it's not enough to ignore nutrition, mental health, sleep. We know that sleep is such a huge indicator of health, supplements and all these other tools. And so what people say all the time, you guys bridge the gap. Yeah. And that's what we do. Yeah. No, I mean, I think the more alternatives people have too, the better, because obviously it's not a one size fit all approach for sure. Yeah. And medicine today has to be personalized. And that's what we're really bringing, you know, we say that in medicine, it's like a buzzword, personalized medicine. Right. But Parsley Health is actually doing it. And we've also made that affordable because yes. to access this type of medicine before Parsley, and this is something that I observed. And one of the things that inspired me to start Parsley was that 
you, yes, there were some doctors out there practicing like this, but it was like thousands of dollars an hour yeah. and not, not happening for most of us. Right. Everyone should check you guys out because also your prices are affordable and you have in person. You can go to an actual location if it's in your city. So a lot of good options there. I want to talk about something else that was challenging, which was, you know, you mentioned you launched a company while, you know, the startup while you were in med school. You did your first round of fundraising while pregnant, and now you're trying to bridge the gap between two worlds that, as we, you just said, don't really like to play nice with each other, um, wellness and medicine. So really, I guess, do you just love a really good challenge? <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. Um, I think anyone who goes through like the pain of going to me- through medical training has some sort of like in for, it, <laughs> in for it, right? But no, I mean, I think it's really just been my passion for these things that I've listened to along the way that's guided me. And, you know, fundraising while pregnant, nine months pregnant, don't recommend it. Yeah. Um, that was a really challenging moment. My son is two and a half and Parsley is about three. And so you <laughs> can do the math on like uh, when all of that was going down. But, you know, it's one of those things. One of my teachers sometimes says, you know, don't think, just do. And yeah. sometimes when you feel this calling, you just have to put one foot in the front of the other and you don't plan any of it. Yeah. But yeah. here you are. I actually, I agree with that a lot. I think most of the time, the over planning, over analyzing, overthinking, having, you know, feeling like you can't get started until you've got all your ducks in a row really kills the idea more than the actual, like, let's say you failed at something. It's like, well, the over planning or the doubt will kill more of it than, than the actual Perfect failure. can be the enemy of really good. Yeah. It's something I remember and I say to my team all the time, you have to move forward. You have to launch before you're ready. Yeah. And create something. And so that's just what we keep striving to do. Right. Although I do think we're, a lot of us are very programmed to not be comfortable with that for sure. We're pretty good actually at listening to our guts, but sometimes we listen to the fear side more than the drive side or more than the calling side. And it's about how do I listen to the thing that I'm really called towards as much as if not more than the thing that I'm scared of? Yeah, absolutely. Easier said than done, but definitely, definitely (laughs) important if you can do it. I know it's interesting how like, you know, it's like, listen to your gut. People have been saying that forever. And it's like, so I know to do that, but I'm still trying to figure out how to do it. We're all still trying to figure out how to do it, even though it's been, you know, something probably our grandparents were saying. Yeah. So if someone told me that they work out four days a week, they eat clean most days and are all about self-care, I would definitely consider that person healthy, quote unquote healthy. But according to you, that's not always the case. So how, which is scary. (laughs) So how do we determine if we're actually healthy? So first of all, it's not about what you do, it's how you feel. And so if you feel like crap doing all of those things, if you're breaking out and bloated or dealing with a chronic illness, you could be quote unquote eating healthy and, and exercising a few times a week and doing all the right things. But stuff just isn't working. And something I always remind people is if you're doing all that stuff and it isn't working, it's not your fault. We need to dig deeper. And so I think, unfortunately, we get that messaging in our culture that it's just a quick workout away from perfection and and easy solutions. And then we ignore the medicine, right? And so that's why I kind of love what I do because we get to dive deep and we get to do all of the diagnostic testing. If you're gaining weight and you're constipated and your hair is dry and your mood is low, those are all classic signs of hypothyroidism. One in eight women in her lifetime will be diagnosed with a thyroid condition. Wow. It gets missed all the time. Women get told that they're depressed. They're just not working out enough. Women don't get listened to. Um, women and minorities don't get listened to by the healthcare system the way that they should or as much as men. And so there's this huge opportunity to kind of engage with medicine, dive deeper. We do 
really cool testing at Parsley from hormones to inflammation, nutrient deficiencies, microbiome, genomics. And we use all of that information along with a really big deep dive and a conversation on you, your story, how you feel, when did this start? It didn't start yesterday. Right. Usually. <laughs> yeah. Um, oftentimes it's come from the past and we need to understand the past to understand our present. Right. And so when we can pull all of that information together with you, then we can empower you to figure out what's going on and to truly feel healthy. Right. That's really interesting about the the thyroid that you talked about I, and the fact that it's being missed. Is that something where if you went to a, f- a few different practitioners, they would t- be able to catch it? Or is this one of those things where people are just, the doctors are just moving so quickly and that's why they miss it? I think it's a combination of factors. I think yeah. it's the, the proverbial 15-minute visit, which is yeah. a waste of time. It's the reluctance to do more in-depth, even blood work. I mean, these thyroid tests that we do routinely at Parsley for everyone uncover stuff all the time. And they're just a shade more advanced than the most basic of testing, but doctors aren't doing them proactively. And that is something that we take really seriously. Right. If you want to break into a new creative field with salary potential of $90,000 a year or more, there's never been a better time to become a UX designer, and Springboard can help you make your move. Springboard is an online learning experience on a mission to transform education and help you advance your career. They offer design courses supported by one-on-one mentorship from industry experts, After completing your course, Springboard guarantees you'll get a user experience design job within six months or your money back. That's incredible. Nobody out there is guaranteeing a job. Individuals from all backgrounds have successfully broken into the field of user experience design, landing roles at companies like Facebook, Google, IBM, and Lyft. To support your journey, Springboard will also give you your own dedicated career coach, helping you refine your interview skills and work on that resume so you find the right job match. Springboard courses are self-paced and flexible to fit your needs. You can study online while still working full-time. There's also a range of payment options available to you, and it takes the burden off of you because you can either pay upfront, you can pay monthly, or, this is the one I love, you can even defer your tuition until you start your new job. The curriculum has been developed for you to own the design process end-to-end. More than just theory, you'll get your hands dirty coming up with design solutions for real-world client problems. Working on these capstone projects, you'll build confidence in a portfolio that sets you apart from the competition. In support of getting more women into tech, Springboard is offering listeners $750 off tuition costs when you apply now with our exclusive promo code CONTESSA750. That's C O N. T-E-S-S-A-750. Apply to the UI slash UX design career track course from Springboard today. So let's say a person is doing all the right things, but they're not feeling great. Or, I mean, I know we're going to talk about burnout, but like burnout is is upon them. They're not sleeping well. So even though they're doing all the things right, like they know that they don't feel, they just don't feel number one. What steps should you take after you get your test results? And maybe what are some examples of the changes that someone might need to make? Yeah. So the first step is understanding your test results, right? And almost, I talk to people all the time who are like, I have these test results and no one ever explained to me what they meant. Or 
I did this at home test, which by the way, I'm all for, I'm super all about people being empowered to have their own health information. So I'm very pro like the at home diagnostic testing movement. But at the same time, what a lot of people end up left with is sort of the tip of the iceberg and they're unmoored in their ability to understand this information. I mean, the questions we get on what is my vitamin D level and what should it be and what vitamin D should I take and for how long and how much and when do I retest? And that's a vitamin D. So when you're talking about more complex testing, one of the things that we do, you know, your first visit with us is an hour and 15 minutes. The second one's an hour. We go through all of that testing with you and talk to you about it. And Mm -hmm. that for a lot of people is really the first step. What's going on with me? And then from there, what we might recommend you do is really personalized, right? So it could mean taking a medication. It could mean doing an elimination diet to eliminate food triggers that are causing an autoimmune reaction. It could mean repleting nutrient deficiencies. It could mean looking at a genetic marker that tells us that you metabolize serotonin a little bit differently and might benefit from a very specific type of B vitamin. It might be going to bed at 10 p.m. instead of 11 p.m. to miss (laughs) that evening cortisol spike so that you're starting to sleep better because I always tell my patients, like, if you're not sleeping, that's it, right? So when someone's not sleeping, step one is get you sleeping. Let's figure out – and then more and most importantly, why are you not sleeping? Yeah. You know, we sort of go zero to ambient in our medical culture. (laughs) And there's a lot in between there of – Do you have a magnesium deficiency? Are you anxious? Do you have high cortisol at night? Uh, There's a lot of reasons you might not be sleeping. Are you looking at blue light from your screen and scrolling the gram? And that is keeping you up. So really teasing all of that out then leads to that personalized plan. Yeah. I I definitely have some questions about sleeping because I used to sleep like a rock. Like I was the kid where literally there was an earthquake and I did not wake up. And now I almost feel like I never get into that deep sleep. I have to be like really exhausted. And part of it is sometimes like your brain is just going, going, going. How do you calm your brain? And is that, do I just need a vitamin or do I need more? (laughs) A few ways. And that, you know, what you're describing is the state of all of us today, right? Yeah. Going from morning till night. We are living in a state of sympathetic overdrive. The sympathetic nervous system is your fight or flight, your run from a lion. But our proverbial lion is the email yeah. <laughs> and the appointment and the thing we have to take our kids to. And so we, I see so many people, especially women, especially working women, waking up in that overdrive from the moment they wake up, you know, whine at the end of the night to kind of calm it all down. And then this rinse and repeat cycle. And as a result, they're not sleeping. Alcohol is one of the number one reasons you can't reach deep sleep. Yeah. Uh, Your body can't actually reach a cool enough body temperature to reach deep sleep if you've had a couple drinks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your resting heart rate is a little bit too high at night if you've had alcohol. Uh, Magnesium glycinate is a supplement that's non-addictive that's awesome at helping calm. It's kind of like nature's Xanax a little bit, not non-addictive. Staying up too late the blue light from your screens, and then not moving. You know, we sit at a desk all day and look at a screen and then wonder why we can't sleep at night. Right. And our bodies were meant to move and discharge energy that way. And exercise is, you know, if you're dealing with digestive issues, constipation, you're not sleeping, you have anxiety, exercise and moving every day has been shown to be one of the top cures for all of those things. Yeah. I'm a big fan of 10,000 steps a day. I feel like there's obviously other forms of exercise, but when I feel like that became more mainstream, just like, just walk, just walk. Cause I, I felt like I got the messaging of like, you got to go to that workout class and work out really hard for an hour. And the reality is, is like, people are like, everyone has an hour. Well, not, not always when you have to drive there and drive back, but 
the 10,000 steps a day, that I really like. I feel like that is very much something you can accomplish. Definitely. And there's so many ways to move. I have these exercise bands that are like loops that I travel with. Yeah. And I do a little bit of resistance training in my Airbnb or my friend's place I'm crashing with. And I, I get so much out of that metabolically and energetically. And it takes five minutes, 10 minutes. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm definitely going to try that for sleep because it wears on you. It's like you have one bad night of sleep and then you have two bad nights of sleep and you're like, okay, by the third day at work, you can tell that your concentration, you're like foggy, you know? Absolutely. And you're actually in, when you're not sleeping well, your metabolism is off the next day. You have something called insulin resistance. You crave more sugar. And so lots of people get in a vicious cycle of caffeine, sugar, poor sleep, caffeine. And the caffeine and the sugar actually drive poor sleep as well. Oh, no. I know. I know. We're going to take that out of this podcast. So let's talk about burnout because it's now an official medical diagnosis. But how do you know if you actually have official burnout or if it's something else? Well, first of all, again, I always go back to how you feel because you tapping into your perception of what you feel and what's happening in your life is the most important thing. And that's why we do a lot of personally around just listening to you. Yeah. What is your story? (laughs) Uh, The story of your health is really the story of your life. And so that's what matters most. There are tests that we do. There's an end-up urine test that looks at the number of adrenal hormones like cortisol and DHEA as well as female hormones, thyroid. The hormone system can be a good tell uh, if it's deranged that or off that you are suffering from burnout. And so that's how we test it medically. And it's real. You know, I always say that self-care isn't a luxury. It's a necessity. And when we invest in calm and we invest in movement and we invest in rest, that's when we achieve our highest potential. It's by tapping into this physical body, this only vehicle that we'll have for life, right? Right. The car you'll have for life. Yeah. (laughs) When we tap into that and we take care of it and we pay attention to it, it has a lot of information for us. It has a lot of wisdom. And that can ultimately help you reach your greatest potential. So I think a lot of us are striving, 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 burning the candle at both ends, 100% guilty over here yeah. as CEO, <laughs> mom, doctor, and forget that when we actually do our best work and make our best decisions and experience our greatest productivity is when we take that time out and back to the sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight that we're all living in. The opposite of that is the parasympathetic, which is our rest, digest, relax, and heal. And that side of our nervous system is really powerful, and it actually is what creates a healing response. So the body knows how to heal. The body actually knows how to fix itself in a lot of cases. We don't give it any time. So most people don't even spend an hour a day, maybe even five minutes a day in a parasympathetic dominant state, a relaxed state when they're awake. Wow. And just doing that through meditation, through going on a long walk, yeah. through cooking, right? These are things that are analog that bring us back into our bodies and that trigger that parasympathetic nervous system. And then that then the body starts to fix itself. And that's really cool because you don't necessarily need all those medications, right? When right. your body's able to heal. That's so fascinating. I've kind of heard that a little bit before. We've talked about mindset and meditation and mindfulness on here, but we haven't really said, if you don't do it, your body, the fight or flight, we haven't necessarily connected to that. And it is fascinating because you do, and I'm sure people can recognize this when they are in that kind of like anxious feeling and it's that, you know, fight or flight, but they, they feel like they have to fight versus the ideas are just coming to me. I'm calm. And now I've just like, 
have come up with this idea or I'm going to move forward with this or almost like there's less anxiety around your decision-making process too. Yeah. I mean, it's all about creating space for yourself. Yeah. And, you know, the body will tell you I'm, you know, we were talking earlier, I'm getting over a summer cold and I haven't been sick in years, but I had a really intense spring. And it's funny, a lot of times people will describe this, this stress drops and then they get sick. Yeah. Because you've been living in that fight or flight mode where you've sort of been living on adrenaline. Right. And then you crash. And that's actually a sign of burnout. So I'm taking my own advice. Yeah. So I've, ta- I've done a lot of rest in the past two weeks to get over my cold, obviously, but also be- in recognition that you need to restore, right? You need to put gas back in the tank. And as working women, as mothers, like we are always depleted. Everything's always going out. Right. And we have to remember that the self-care, which is this buzzword that people kind of dismiss, is actually a really potent ability to put gas back in the tank. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, last question um, before we move into rapid fire, which is what was the last courageous act you made and what was the result or impact of it? Such a good question. You know, we touched on this earlier and it's only in retrospect that I can say this because it definitely didn't feel like that at the time. But I do remember raising our seed round for Parsley nine months pregnant and going into investor meetings and all the investors were guys. (laughs) Some of them were older gentlemen. Yes. And everyone was very respectful and lovely. Only one said to me, so who's going to run the company? Um, Oh my God. Really interesting experience um, that I'll never forget. But by and large, you know, I just sort of did it and it wasn't a choice. I didn't say, oh, I'm going to go raise pregnant, like it right. was some sort of heroic decision. Yeah. You weren't trying to be a hero. No, I'm definitely <laughs> not trying to be a hero. And the hardest part of it was that I got about halfway through the round and it was time to deliver and have my baby and had to stop raising for six weeks. And I remember thinking that everything's falling apart. This round is done. I'm never going to get it. I'm never going to get my momentum back. A lot of fundraising is about momentum and mojo. Right. And I'm in loving and enjoying my son and really excited on the one hand and also just feeling like I'm sliding down a wall by my fingernails yeah. in the other. And in the end, I ended up raising more money than I'd planned from better investors because of this delay. And it goes to show like the things you never plan end up being some of the best gifts that you've ever received. Always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And looking back, people are always like, I can't believe you did that. And I think it just speaks back to this listening to the calling to do something because you really love it and you really believe in it. And I didn't do that because I thought, again, this is this courageous thing to do. I mean, it's the last thing I would have chosen for myself. But it wasn't about that. It was about feeling that Parsley had to exist in the world and I was just going to keep doing whatever it took to make that happen. Right. I also think that you embrace flexibility. Like, yes, of course, if you got to plan this out on paper, it's not how you would have done it. But you were flexible. You were like, this is what's happening. I'm going to go with the flow, which I think there's a little bit of hardwiring in a lot of us where it's like we're not flexible. We think we're flexible. but We're really not. And I don't mean in like the Pilates way. I mean in like the mental mental way. And especially when it comes to work, it's like you you cannot control all of that. Yeah, absolutely. And flexibility, resilience, seeing, taking the long view and seeing the horizon as entrepreneurs, these are things that we need every single day because yeah. the proverbial meteor hits your startup every single day. Yeah. There's always <laughs> something, right? And if you stand there and say, oh my God, oh my God, the sky is falling, you'll never put one foot in front of the other. So you just have to be like, okay, yeah. the sky is falling. I will now move forward. Yes. <laughs> yes. And keep doing that. 
Uh, it's funny. My example is always uh, the building's on fire, and I'm calmly like, okay, everybody, the building's on fire. We should probably go. <laughs> yeah. And it's, but if you had asked me in week one of being an entrepreneur, I would have been like screaming and yelling at everybody, you know? But um, I agree. Entrepreneurship, it always feels like highest highs and lowest lows in the same hour. Like, Absolutely. we're not talking about the same month. We're talking about the exact same hour. Every single day. Every day. <laughs> All right. So let's move into rapid fire. These are short or one word answers. A daily ritual you practice is? Walking the dogs with my double espresso and writing down my five gratitudes of the day. Oh, that's great. We've been talking a lot more about like writing things down and people talking about their journaling practices. And I'm very impressed with that. A health or wellness trend you're really excited about. All this cool diagnostic testing that's coming out. It's just putting the power of medicine in all of our hands and making it all more personalized. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. On the weekends, we can find you. At yoga class, at the playground with my son, and generally cooking or eating something healthy but also yummy. Looking back, you tell your younger self. Listen to that thing that drives you and calls you. And sometimes people will think you're crazy, but keep that focus and fire alive and you will get there. Yeah. And sometimes you have to get quiet to listen to that as we just pointed out. Yeah. And sometimes like this isn't a rapid fire answer. You don't even like know that it's happening when it's happening. But I got this email literally two days ago uh, that made me cry. It was one of my professors from Columbia Med who's like a huge deal there. And she wrote me this email and she said, I don't know if this is still your email address, but I just have to tell you One of my patient's daughters was in kidney failure and no one could figure it out. And she saw one of your doctors at Parsley and they discovered toxic mold and now she's recovering. And I just have to say, like, I remember you seeing, I forget the word she used, but you seeing a way forward in medicine that didn't exist. And I'm so glad that you created it. Yeah. And, you know, when you're doing it, you're like, am I crazy? Yeah. Nobody else seems to see this thing. That's really obvious to me. And so that was just like such a moment for me. Yeah, I think there's a comfort in people getting it right away. It's like when people ask what you do, if they don't get it right away, there's this discomfort in being like, okay, so I have to explain this more to you. But you're right. It, it's just that they don't get it. It's not that you don't get it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Dr. Robin, for joining us today. Where can people find you, find Parsley? Where should, where should they go? Yep, parsleyhealth.com. You can follow us on all the socials at, at parsleyhealth. Um, I'm Robin Burson, MD, and yeah, we have beautiful centers in New York, LA, San Francisco, and then we also, you can work with us virtually. So more and more people are working with us via telemedicine as well. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, we're back with our newest part of the show called Tough Questions, where Kayleen and I will bring one tough question to each other to answer honestly each week. We'll also be filling you in on some behind-the-scenes stuff that's happening at Career Contessa. All right, Kayleen, so what's your behind-the-scenes news? (laughs) I guess my behind-the-scenes news (laughs) is kind of not really related to work, but, but it is, I guess, because it's a big thing I think we think about a lot at Career Contessa which is that I am now 18 weeks pregnant. Yay! <laughs> this is our first career contestant baby. It's so exciting. Yeah, so, oh gosh, it just kind of has my head spinning a lot um, constantly. Obviously, you're learning new things every day. Like, sadly, the best thing I've learned so far is that the Starbucks app tells you exactly how much caffeine <laughs> is in each drink you water. 
because you can you're allowed to have 200 milligrams <laughs> oh my god hey i mean listen I, it's the, important to know that to me that was like the best thing i've learned so far but all joking aside it's uh really exciting just figuring everything out but there's something else i wanted to talk about which was this happened a couple of weeks ago with cleo wade had announced that she was pregnant and she got a pretty not negative comment but a comment Basically saying something uh, along the lines of like, I don't understand why all these women who are hitting this career stride then um, kind of stab them in the cells by becoming pregnant, which is, yeah, it's like super depressing to hear like one woman say that about others. And she uh, kind of clapped back in an amazing way that a lot of people shared and were, I mean, it was, it kind of like exploded all over the internet yeah. that day, which was really, it was really nice to see someone address it and then like kind of immortalize it in a post. It wasn't more of like a throwaway story. Right. She put it on her. I think she did a service for all women, not only with her comment back, but, and I just pulled up the post. So like yeah. literally what the person said was, I see all these young women really hitting their stride professionally and then getting pregnant right at a high point. I don't get that. I never will. Yes, you guys have to read. It's on Cleo Wade's Instagram, her response. But I, I'm, I'm with you. I felt like there's already a fear for professional women about like life is going to change when you get pregnant. How is it? But you want to have a family. And there's already like a bit of a fear. There's already this feeling of like you can't have it all. Like there's already all that anxiety and like stuff out there. And when somebody calls it out like that, it's basically saying – it's not just something you think. It's actually everyone's thinking that too. And I just, like, women are amazing. We have been figuring it out. Like, they're going to continue to figure it out. Exactly. And, like, people with attitudes like that, there's no room for them here. And I I agree. I mean, I just, I really hate to see that because I feel like someone else read that and probably thought, oh, no, I shouldn't get pregnant. Or, like, yeah. you're right. That's why I haven't done it. And it's like, oh, God, that's just, nothing will change if nothing changes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and. She had this line at the end, though, that I just did want to read. She says, also, I am not at a high point. I'm not having a moment. I'm having a life, one that includes a career and families in ways I choose to design, which is like, yeah, of course, that's what it is. I think a lot of people think of it as like this barrier that now you have to like jump over on your way to work. Every right. Day. And it's just it's to me, success like, is not a moment. It's yeah. it's an ongoing work in progress. And I yeah, she called that out beautifully. I mean, yeah. she is a poet. So <laughs> she she is really good at saying things really beautifully. First, congrats. But second of all, <laughs> like, I'm really happy that, you know, we're able to talk about that topic on this platform, because I, yeah. I think it's really important. So we'll just hear more about your adventures and <laughs> trying to figure this out. No, I'm just kidding. So behind the scenes for us, there is a career Contessa baby. <laughs> um, no, I'm just uh, No, so career Contessa is turning six. Our career Contessa anniversary is on October 20th. I know that's not really behind the scenes, but I, I do like every year to take a moment to just sort of acknowledge like, we're still here. You know, success doesn't happen overnight. I mean, again, going back to the what I just said, it's not a moment like, mm-hmm. you know, we have days where, you know, it feels like we're on top of the world and other days where it's like, oh, we're, we're just like putting one foot in front of the other. And I think the fact that we've been doing this for six years, is just, it's really cool to me. And like, I remember like the day at launch and those feelings. And it's just, it's, it's, I think one thing I would encourage everyone to do is like, if you can like think back on the, especially cause we're almost to a new year, like think back on the last 10 ish months, like what have you accomplished? Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes day to day, it does feel like it's, you know, is yeah, exactly. But when I think back over the last six years, I'm really proud. I'm, I'm really proud that we're still here especially I think everyone has that feeling of like, I'm still here, even though people told me I couldn't do it. Yeah, of course there's that piece of it at times, but also just the fact that 
you know, taking the moment to pause and do that is, is really cool. So, yeah. So CC turned six. Um, yeah. Yeah. I told Kayleen this earlier. <laughs> I was like, think about that. If I had had a baby, she would be going into first grade. And I was like, and it went by so quickly. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Good. Yeah. Okay. So tough questions. I'll start this time. I know normally I have you start, but I'll put you in the hot seat first. <laughs> How are you preparing for pregnancy slash maternity leave? Ugh. By like reading everything. It's funny because my mom had 10 kids. And uh, whenever I tell her, I'm like, do you know this is what's happening this week? She's like, I could never have known that. She's <laughs> like, that would have driven me totally crazy. She wouldn't have had 10 kids probably. <laughs> probably not. She's like, I would have worried around the clock. But I think like knowledge is power. I think it's really, it's good to get like, there are, there's such a, a spectrum of um, perspectives that sometimes you can definitely get in over your head a little bit with negative ones. But then- I would highly recommend any pregnant woman to, I really like the What to Expect app. There's a community based on it where you can um, you can join any sort of discussion. But what I find really useful is the discussion with the March 2020 moms. Yeah. <laughs> and there's just so much like random information that people share with each other that you yeah. never, ever, ever learn anywhere else. Because either either maybe sometimes it's not like hard and fast information that your doctor could give you yeah or it's more like opinion based or it's people that are doing this thing of like becoming mothers under like way more stressful circumstances that you're under it's just it gives you a lot of perspective from every side of the spectrum but I think it's that's really helpful so that that's been part of my like daily routine <laughs> checking the yeah. app mm-hmm. and then obviously from a work perspective it's just I'm a I love to be able to like front load a lot of work to get it together. I know we actually, yeah, that wasn't a pop quiz either about like, <laughs> what are you doing about work? <laughs> but no, I do. I do like to be able to go on maternity leave and feel like everything's kind of plug and play. So it's definitely yeah. at career contestant. We do have the luxury of being able to like front load and plan a lot of work. So I'm hoping that I can go spend time with the little baby and check in. We can, we, I keep telling Kaylee, I'm like, we can handle it. We can handle it. Don't worry. You can do this. Like, we'll be okay. Uh, I'm, I, I know you're worried about us, but (laughs) (laughs) she's worried about us anyway. No, I'm, I'm not worried about just, I just want to make sure everyone feels taken care of and that I can go off and just make sure everything's in place to well, and I would say too, because Kayleen was, she mentioned this before when she was researching like apps and, and things like that. So if anybody has any recommendations of oh, yeah. things they love, they should DM us on at the females podcast and send you ideas. Because yes. I know you were saying like you were looking for episodes and other advice and it was just like hard to find that. There is. I mean, especially around things like just like leave in general. And I, obviously, Career Contessa, we have our own maternity leave, but like I was looking at other people's kind of legal situations because some of them are so bad. Yeah. But if you look it up, especially at a state by state and a federal level, it's such a modgepodge of information and misinformation. Like, just, you know, you have your government websites that are telling you, you know. Yeah. No one enjoys reading that form. And but it's it's also like not only is it not an enjoyable experience, but it's very unclear. Yeah. For a lot of people. So, yeah, if anyone has any experiences or like especially like state by state, it's really helpful just I, the dream would be one day to be able to put together from a content perspective, like a state by state. Yeah. This is what you can get. It's yeah. Just, it's, 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 it's hefty. It's fuzzy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we <laughs> <laughs> goals. Seriously. Luckily, California is pretty sweet. Yeah. 
All right, so my tough question for you is, I think this is something we talk about a little bit, CC too. So there's a lot of talk about wellness just going around. What, in your opinion, is the biggest sort of BS thing being touted as wellness? Oh, that's a good question. Um, What I don't like about wellness, and actually Elise on our team wrote an article recently called, I think, Why I'm Tired of Wellness, (laughs) Why I'm Sick of It, is just sort of like making it seem like it's approachable for everybody or even like cost effective for everybody. And yet some of this wellness stuff is really expensive. And so it's like, that's not wellness for all. That's wellness for a few. Um, I think one of the trends I'm, I'm really not into are like the, you know, wellness retreats or conferences or things like that that are like thousands and thousands of dollars. And I truly, I, I truly have a a question about when it comes to like marketing today, like when you're marketing this retreat that's thousands of dollars and it's for people's wellness, but then you make it so high priced that people are either only some people can go or the people that are going, like, is that the best financial decision? And like, I don't know, I, I have a little bit of a, there's a moral issue there when it comes to the marketing of like, almost like, who cares if you can afford this? It's going to make you feel well. And like, you can't put a price on wellness. And it's like, well, but you are putting Yeah. And like, are you going to feel well if like all of a sudden you're in debt and you can't pay your rent? Like, I I don't know. So I I think one of the biggest BS trends about wellness is just that it's like approachable and applicable to everybody. Like everyone has access to this stuff if they want it. And that it can be purchased for like, you know, $999. Like, yeah, it's it's not going to be, you know, you're not going to buy a thing or an experience and have wellness magically appear totally in two hours. I mean like I don't want to be a broken record but like things are not a moment you can't just like buy wellness and it fixes I, I think when, when they started that trend I don't know maybe sometime in the 2000s when they're like it's a lifestyle not a diet like that was probably the most true thing that they had ever said about you know weight loss and this and that it's like it, it yeah. can't just be like a moment or like a thing you do and you're gonna buy it and it's all gonna be fixed in a bottle so yeah I mean that article that Elise wrote on career contessa sparked a lot of people's like conversations with people too and so I, I do think people are kind of pulling the curtain back and saying like whoa 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 like I I I I don't do that or I or I can't afford that and it's like therefore am I never gonna have wellness in my life so I don't know I, I think I think the whole thing in like self-care in general can be there's definitely a dark side to that stuff where it's like the business marketing you know almost like the 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 moral behavior isn't quite a matching up sort of thing. So that's my that's my opinion on the biggest BS thing with wellness. Anyway, well, if you guys have a tough question that you want Kayleen and I to answer, you can DM us. Our Instagram for the podcast is at the females podcast. But thank you for listening to this episode of The Females. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review. We really want to know too if you guys are liking this portion of the episode. So let us know there. We'll be back next Tuesday with Eleanor Beaton, a leadership coach to discuss how you can break free of indecisiveness until then you can follow us on at the females podcast on instagram share this episode with your work wives and listen to this sneak peek of next week's episode very often you know the place where people have commitment phobia the way the way it shows up or you know when people say oh i have commitment phobia it's normally because it's like a big decision should i take this promotion should i make this lateral move should i launch my side hustle so sort of big commitments but the reality is that big commitment phobia actually is probably showing up in their lives in little commitment phobia breaking dates with friends breaking promises to themselves about going to work out or going to, you know, or completing this thing or, you know, spending Saturday morning doing this 
uncomfortable about important things. So, you know, it, it the, very often the way that we do one thing is kind of the way that we do everything.